another episode of Take On New York Sports with not Anthony Heaton. Um, if you've listened to any other episode, you should notice that I am not Anthony. I'm his daughter, Ava, and some of you may know me as NHL Ava on Twitter or the Truba Girl, which is a nickname that kind of originated last season, and I think it's absolutely hilarious, and I'm absolutely just riding with it. I decided I was going to take over my dad's podcast because he hadn't updated it in a while, and I thought that this would be a good opportunity and a good way to further my hopefully future career in sports. So I'm very, very excited to see where this goes and how fun this becomes. So thank you for following along. And if you're listening to this, I appreciate you. So I think we're going to start today's episode with basketball because there's not a whole lot to um, say about that right now. Uh, This is going to be kind of weird because we're going to be kind of bouncing around a little bit. We started this at a really odd time in the year because technically... All four sports are going on right now. The Astros and Phillies are in the World Series right now. Jets and the Giants living their best life, honestly. There's obviously hockey on, and of course, basketball, which we're going to start with. So, the Knicks are off to a 3-2 and two start and are 5th in the East, which is solid for them. All things considered, I'm not too upset about that start for them. Of course, it could be worse, and we will see that when we look at the Brooklyn Nets record of 1-5, 14th in the East. I'm sure that was not the start Nets fans were anticipating or hoped for, but they definitely, I think, have some things to work on over in Brooklyn. That's all I'm really going to say about basketball. I don't want to spend too much time on it, but we will continue to talk about them in future episodes. I mean, hopefully for Nets fans, they can pick it up a little bit. Let's head on over to football because the Jets and the Giants are both off to pretty surprising starts. I don't think anyone was expecting this out of either of them. We'll start with the Giants. They are off to a 6-1 and one start, and they are second in the NFC East. Only second because the Eagles are still 6-0. and But that is such a solid start for that Giants team. I think Brian Dable is a huge part of that. They finally have a real coach, and he is absolutely killing it over there. He's also such a funny guy. I think that presence in the locker room really does help a team grow. And Saquon Barkley has looked great. Daniel Jones has looked great this year. And despite what OBJ may want, it doesn't look like there'll be an Odell Beckham Jr. reunion in New York just yet, or ever. But I think Giants fans have a lot to be excited about for that team. That team looks absolutely great. And, you know, you never know. All you gotta do is make the playoffs. That's my favorite thing to say about sports. All you gotta do is make the playoffs. The rest will follow. Now if we look over at the Jets, they're off to a 5-2 and two start and are second in the AFC East. I'm shocked. I'm a Jets fan. I'm absolutely shocked. And I'm absolutely so, so excited. I love almost everything about this team right now. I think Robert Sala is an amazing coach. And all the young guys that are just showing so much growth and development, it's actually a really, really exciting thing to watch. I love Sauce Gardner. I think that kid is going to be great. I love Brees Hall, even though unfortunately he'll miss the rest of the season due to a torn ACL. I love that kid. I think Zach Wilson still obviously has some things to work on, but he looks promising. Because at the end of the day, our O-line is not a shit show right now, which is great because we've seen it with past quarterbacks. The quarterback goes down with that O-line, and if the O-line stays solid for Zach Wilson, he'll be fine. He'll be A-OK, and I'm really excited to see where that goes. It is currently October 30th at noon, so the Giants and Jets, I believe the Giants have a game today. The Jets do. They play the New England Patriots at 1, right? So that is super duper exciting. And they're wearing the black jerseys, which I absolutely love. 
anyway, let's move on to a bit of a sore subject for me and something I'm still a little upset about, which is the Yankees' end to the season. But we'll start with the Mets, because that'll make me feel at least a little better. So the Mets ended up losing the division. They did not win the division title after leading basically all year. The The Braves just crept up and they got them. And so the Braves automatically advanced to the ALDS. And the Mets had to face the San Diego Padres in a wildcard series, one which they lost in three games, primarily because the Padres were able to figure out Max Scherzer and they got to him fairly quickly and fairly easily. Jacob deGrom did his job, though, in Game 2, but ultimately, the Mets ended up losing Game 3 and falling out of the playoffs after so much excitement from Mets fans, and I almost, keyword almost, feel bad for them. Year after year, Metsing, which is my favorite phrase to use, you know, at the end of the day, the Mets gonna Met, and that's really unfortunate for them, but what I'm more sad about is the Yankees end of the season, but we'll talk about the happy stuff first. They played the Guardians in the ALDS and ended up winning in five games, which was super duper exciting to watch. And unfortunately, it looked like they weren't going to win. And then Garrett Cole kind of just saved their butts, which I'm eternally grateful for, because that would have been really freaking embarrassing. But Garrett Cole stepped up, which was really exciting, because I think a lot of Yankees fans are still not sold on him and his stuff, which is unfortunate. I love Garrett Cole. I think he really needed those two games in the ALDS to prove to himself and to the fans that he's legit, that is our ace, and I'm damn happy about it. However, advancing to the ALCS, they had to face the Houston Astros. And I said from the beginning, I didn't think anyone was going to beat the Astros, and I still don't think the Phillies will beat the Astros. But I am more upset about the fact that it looks like they weren't even trying in a way. I was not impressed by pretty much anyone this postseason except for Garrett Cole and Harrison Bader. But when your offense is being carried by Harrison Bader, you probably have issues that you need to address. Now, of course, the loss of Benintendi and DJ LeMayhew did not help because those are two of the team's best contact hitters. They hit for average, not for home runs, which was something I love about them because you can't say that for pretty much like anyone else on this team right now. But then you have Josh Donaldson, who just doesn't hit, period. That's a whole other issue that I could go into, and I will rant about it probably so soon, shortly. But I'm not happy with pretty much everyone on the team. Aaron Judge did not look like Aaron Judge. He did not do the Aaron Judge things we needed him to do. However, my real bone to pick is Josh Donaldson. Why did he stay in the lineup? I don't want to hear it that he's a veteran and he brings good leadership and that he's good defensively, because first of all, He's, he hasn't been that good defensively. His defense this year has been absolutely nothing special. And you know who else is good defensively at third? Cabrera. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. Who, every time Kiner-Falefa plays at third, he ends up hitting better. So why we won't just put him at third, I don't know. Because we have a solid shortstop in Oswald per Oswaldo Peraza. Or is it Oswald? I get the two confused. I think... Josh Donaldson continuously being in this lineup is an issue because he steps up to bat and it's like a free out. He will watch pitches down the middle and swing at pitches 20 feet outside. So that is something that needs to be addressed, I think, especially because we have to pay him next year, which is unfortunate. And that's why I kind of have an issue with that trade with getting IKF and Donaldson for Gio Urshela and Gary Sanchez because Gio Urshela and Gary Sanchez their contract is up after this year. The Twins don't have to pay them anymore. 
So they could afford to have not great years because, oh, well, we just won't pay you next year. We're still paying Josh Donaldson and his 75-year-old self. It's just absolutely pathetic. I would have rather kept Gio Urshela and Gary Sanchez. Because Josh Donaldson has done nothing to this team but tear it down. He's an absolute clown. He's pimping flyouts. I don't even know where to begin with my hatred for Josh Donaldson. He's just bad. Plain and simple. I don't think there's really any way, any other way to put it other than he is a bad baseball player and I don't think he should ever, ever make this Yankees lineup ever again. But knowing this team, he will probably be like batting fifth on opening day next year. Against, hopefully, what is not Aaron Judge's next team, which is another thing we have to talk about is Aaron Judge. Because is he going to walk? Is he going to walk? That is the big question because... I believe it was San Fran who said, if, if he does not go to them, it will not be because of money. They're not going to be outbid, which I'm sure a lot of teams can say. If he doesn't go to them, it's not going to be because of money because they won't be outbid. Now, if Steinbrenner and Cashman don't offer him a blank check, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say anymore because Aaron Judge bet on himself this year. He got offered a massive contract and he said no. He bet on himself, and he won the jackpot. He won the jackpot, broke the American League home run record and the non-steroid record. He was an absolute monster this year. He is your AL MVP. Sorry, Shohei Otani, but call me when you hit 62 home runs. It was just absolutely magical to watch Aaron Judge this year. And if he is not a Yankee next year because Cashman won't fork over some more cash, I'm going to be really mad. I'm going to be really mad, especially if he ends up going to the San Francisco Giants, who we play on opening day next year. I've stuck with my guts of saying he's not going to go to the Mets, no matter how much Steve Cohen offers him. I think if he leaves, it'll be for geographical purposes, and he'll be going to the West Coast, and who will probably either be a Giant or a Dodger. Ideally, I would prefer for him to go to the Dodgers. I actually quite enjoy the Dodgers. I think they have quite a fun team. And I hope they re-sign Joey Gallo, because I love Joey Gallo, which I think I might be the only Yankee fan that can say that, but I do, I love Joey Gallo. I feel really bad for the guy in that whole situation. But I guess we can start moving on, even though I'm still mad. I don't think the Phillies will beat the Astros in the World Series. I think the Astros, they're just, they're too good. It's unfortunate that we can't just be like, they're cheating again, because they're not. They're just a damn good baseball team. They probably could have won that year without cheating. Like, they're that good, and they're still that good. But every day, I go to sleep and I pray for the Astros' downfall. My prayers have not been answered yet, but hopefully soon. Now, let's move on over to hockey, which is my favorite thing to talk about. We'll talk about the Islanders and the Rangers. We'll start with the Islanders. 5-4-0 record to start the season. They have 10 points. I think they look solid. I'm not going to go as far as to say they look great. They look better than last year, but I don't think they look any like anything special because let's keep in mind the Philadelphia Flyers are first place in the Metro Division right now so that's why the beginning of the season is a little flawed because we all know Philly is not winning the division with John Tortorella as their coach and Tony D'Angelo on defense there's absolutely no way they are first in the division because of Carter Shart you know goaltending out of his mind which was kind of him because he did not do that last year and he did not do it the year I had him as my pick for the Vezina. I think the Islanders, they're going to be solid. I think they'll be a playoff team, but 
but I don't think they're going to be anything really special. I, I mean, I can't really say much because they did just beat the Avalanche last night and they did beat the Rangers, but they beat Yaroslav Halak. So did they really beat the Rangers? I don't know about that. Now, the Rangers are off to a 4-3-2 start. They have two overtime losses, which is unfortunate. Well, overtime and then one was a shootout against the Avs with Shosturkin and Net. But we could have predicted that because Alexander Georgiev was goaltending and we all could have pictured how that went. Now, I have a few issues with the Rangers so far this season. And it's not, none of them are really the biggest deal in the world, but I would just like to address them. My first issue, namely, is with the lineups. I don't love that Laugh has kind of been bummed down to the second line. I thought Laugh worked really well with Kreider and Zibanejad, but he's also worked really well with Trocek and Panarin so far. So I can't really have, I don't really have too many complaints about that. I think the kids have looked great, but we also have to keep in mind we have no Philip Heedle right now. He's out a little while longer, so it's not a too big of a deal right now. Julian Gauthier's back up. He scored a goal last night. Absolutely filthy. And I noticed Jorgalant switching up the D pairs last night, mid-game. All three of Dallas's goals at that point had come while Truba and Miller were on the ice. So Gallant took it upon himself to switch some things around. I don't really know what was happening. It was kind of just a mess of you go out on the ice with you. There wasn't really any set... Because even Fox was taking shifts with Jones and Lingram with Schneider and Truba with Jones and then Miller with Schneider. It was kind of a mess, but Jones did end up scoring a goal while he was on the ice with Truba, so it's not the worst thing in the world, I guess. Jones played really, really well last night. He scored his first NHL goal. I believe he had an assist as well, so absolutely solid game for him, and he deserved to win that final D spot, I think. Libor Hayek, I don't know how he's still in the organization like, at all. He's just bad. There's no other way to put it. But, you know what? He's a solid, solid, like, guy that if someone gets hurt, okay, we can throw Libor Hayek in the lineup. It's not the biggest deal in the world. However, there will be games where Gerard Gallant will just say, you know what? Screw it, and put Libor Hayek in for Zach Jones, and it never really works in his favor. Libor Hayek, I don't think I've ever seen have a good game, Oh, no, maybe that's not true, because last season, I remember a game where Keith Kincaid was in net and Libor Hayek saved a goal. That that image will be permanently engraved in my head. So, shout out Libor Hayek for that one. But I think we do have to address the elephant in the room for me, which is Jacob Truba being the captain of the New York Rangers. I remember getting the notification, because I got it from Kevin Weeks first, because Kevin Weeks was... that. This was when Kevin Weeks was just dropping all the bombs. It was October, no, October, oh my god, what am I saying? It was August 8th at, like, 11.58pm, it was, like, about to be midnight, and he tweeted, like, I'm hearing that Jacob Truba will be named captain of the New York Rangers in the next 24 hours, and I literally dropped my phone, was, like, screaming, crying, my stepdad thought I was dying, I think. And I called my friend and I was like, Jacob Trupa's going to be captain. And she was like, what? And I just remember Twitter being a cesspool that night because everyone wanted it to be Kreider. And everyone was mad that it wasn't. And I was kind of just sitting there like, I'm going to just like be in my la la land of Jacob Truba. You know, he's going to be the captain of the New York Rangers. 
and I know that there were some rumblings about it last season, and then it came out that Gallant wanted Truba to be captain, but someone of a higher power turned it down, which made me think they were planning on trading him, and it was a disaster. But he got named captain, so my guess is that it was because they thought Gallant needed to see the team for another season before making any sort of decision like that, and he did, and he went with Truba. And I know they were talking about it, and one of my favorite things that I hear is that after that, you know, that game, what was it, game four, that game four loss, where they were down three three games to one, they had to win game five or they were out. Truba called them in and was talking to them, and I don't, they still don't know what he said, no one knows what he said, but whatever he said clearly worked because they ended up winning the next three games and taking the series in seven. I was at game five, Truba scored. That was also the downfall of Jacob Truba, though, because he hurt Sidney Crosby, and we can't have that happening, of course, because of only, Truba throws elbows, apparently, even though his elbow never made contact with Sidney Crosby, but that's a whole other can of worms that I cannot divulge into right now, or else I will get very, very heated, but <clears throat> I think Truba has been a solid captain thus far. He Just hearing the way the guys talk about him, it should make you realize that Jacob Truba was the right choice for captain. All the guys say the same thing, that he was there for them from the beginning. Barkley Goudreau said when he got traded here, Truba was the first guy to take him around the city. He took Vinny Trocek to a Harry Styles concert this summer. Absolutely great guy and great leader. Keandre Miller, he's been like a brother to Keandre Miller. Ryan Lingard and Adam Fox, they both said that Truba kind of took him under, took them under his wing. He's clearly going to be a great captain. And I understand the frustration with it not being Kreider, being Kreider has been here for so long. But even Kreider said the same thing. He said that they all thought it was going to happen last season, and it didn't. So clearly there's no hard feelings between the two. So I think we should all take a chill pill on that. But I know every time Truba has a bad game or does or has a bad play that people are going to come after him because at this point they're looking for things to get on him get on him for because they don't want him to be captain they don't want him to be on this team with that contract but i've learned to just ignore it which is good because people on twitter are absolutely insane these these people are crazy but i think that's about it for today and now i guess i can talk about the scheduling for these podcasts so I'm doing them while I'm at my dad's house, so there should be an episode up every other weekend, probably every other Sunday. Maybe sometimes I'll get it out on Saturday, depending on the scheduling, but I'm very, very excited for this, and if you don't follow me on my socials, you can follow me on Twitter at NHL underscore Ava. Full warning though, people like to attack me when Jacob Truba breathes, so you might see that on your timeline if you decide to follow me. You can follow me on Instagram, NHL underscore Ava or Ava underscore Heaton. Those are my two accounts. And on TikTok at NHL Ava, no underscore on that one. I'm very excited for this to take off and I can't wait to see what you guys think of this episode. And again, I want to thank you all for the support and I will see you guys in two weeks.